Hi and welcome to Family Matters, real talk about divorce, separation and everything in between. My name's Mandeep Sahota and I'm Sarah Khan-Bashir and together we run SKB Law. And I says, I need your permission to leave. Yeah. And, you know, she held me and she says, Mom, you go. And I just packed my bags. It was uh, it was morning, it was about Fajr time. I just packed all my bags and I just left and went to my parents' home. Uh, and my parents were, yeah, my parents, were, I, was, I was 36 years old. After 24 years of being in this oppressive yeah. uh, marriage, um, and um, I went to my parents' home. My mum was think my mum thought, oh, I just came for a couple of days. And I said, look, mum, I said, I've come now. I've come, I'm not going back. I don't know where else to go. Hi, and welcome back to Family Matters by SKB Law. In this episode, Sarah talks to Anaya Sher about her journey from child bride to city champion. Born and raised in Bradford, Anaya was married at five years old and divorced at 36 years old. Finding humanity in strangers, she returns to education, learns to drive a car, starts a business, remarries and starts a citywide campaign called Bradford for Better. In this episode, she talks about the challenges she's faced along the way and shares her advice for other women. This is the remarkable story of Anaya Sher. Thanks for listening. So, Inaya, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Inaya, Inaya Sher from Bradford. And what do you do, Inaya? I'm a complementary therapist. I deliver training, well, I also deliver training on hijama and um, oh, right. yeah. aromatherapy and um, how to make your own skincare products, organic skincare products. Oh, that explains why your skin looks so great oh, then, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so, Tell me um, a little bit more about yourself. Were you born and raised in Bradford? Yes, I was. Were you? Okay. Yes. So, um, do you have any children? Yes, I do. I have a daughter and I have three grandchildren. Oh, really? You're a grandmother? Yeah, yes. You just don't look old enough uh, at all. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, so, we're here to talk about something that has been had a sort of a major impact on your life concerning you know, family issues, specifically, yeah. I think, marriage-related issues. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell me right from the beginning, you know, yeah. what happened, and then we can sort of, along the way, um, have a conversation about the impact? Yes, you know? of course, yeah. Uh, well, I, I was born here, born in Bradford, um, and it, um, at the age of five, I was betrothed. I come from a... My background is... Um, a, come from a Patan community, right. it's a very conservative uh, community, um, I mean the, some of them are quite liberal and some of them are very... Right, yeah. Um, strict, are yeah, they? Strict. So when you say betrothed, yeah. was it an actual... Um, nikah, so my nikah took it? place Rather than a five. promise? No, no, it wasn't a promise. Um, it's really, uh, we were three sisters and mm. uh, three of us were given um, to a family. Okay. Uh, I was five. My other, my second eldest was eight, and my eldest was eleven. Right. Um, that's when I kind of lost my freedom. Um, I became a possession. I became a property of the family. At the, the age family. of five. At the age of five, I wasn't even. I mean, I wasn't even allowed to play in the garden. It was restricted. Um, it was just very controlling. Um, and at the age of fourteen. 
on my 14th birthday um, during summer holidays it was unbeknown to me and I came home from shopping mm. from doing uh, home shopping and my mother asked me to go upstairs uh, to have a shower in the middle of the afternoon and I was thinking this doesn't sound right so when I went upstairs I found a red dress laid out on the on bed Gosh, and right. we were like it says uh, we came we come from a very uh, traditional background so mm. we don't wear red um, okay. and immediately I realized that something was happening um, I was asked to wear stay upstairs until I was instructed to come down mm -hmm. I was upstairs till about 12 midnight and then my sisters arrived and they just put plastered some makeup on me and they says let's go okay and that's when I realized it was my wedding uh, and at one o'clock in the morning I was taken to the marital home mm. and I was just given a bag of sweets and I was told just do as your husband tells you yeah um, the next day um, I was shipped off to Pakistan because um, I was I was aware of the arrangements that was made of me going to Pakistan but I wasn't aware that I was going to get married um, so I was shipped off next day to Pakistan um, and I'd never visited Pakistan uh, and I arrived um, and everything was kind of alien to me uh, and this that was the first time I was actually separated from my mother my mother told me that look you have a new life now mm. you're a married woman and we have to separate and I was I was thinking you know what on earth is she saying and I ended up in this house um, with my mother-in-law my father-in-law my sister-in-laws um, I was kind of relieved that my husband my ex-husband wasn't with me yeah um, three weeks later my husband arrived which is a complete shock to my system because mm -hmm. uh, the where did he arrive from he came from England okay uh, and that's when because like um, that's when I actually found out about relationships between husband and yeah, wife. Yeah. Uh, it, um, we we could, like uh, we come from a very very traditional mm. sheltered background. We don't talk about periods and we don't talk about yeah, yeah, anything that's. Um, I mean, we didn't even so we weren't even yeah we weren't even allowed to watch TV. TV was off at seven p.m. Um, so it was a shock uh, to me to find out that I had to go. You know, I had to have relationship yeah with my uh, with my husband and I just started screaming and uh, I said this is this is unex you know my mother would kill me um, and mm. they, they started laughing both my sister-in-laws I mean they were, the way they described it if I I, I don't want to say it yeah. but it was horrific um, for me at the age of 14 uh, and I actually went um, I just collapsed I just fainted uh, and then I was um, uh, then I thought following uh, the shock the, there was just continuous um, pressure pressure for me to have a relationship mm. with my husband and I was so deter I was so adamant that he would you know I didn't want him to touch me yeah. in any way but was your husband much older than you yes he was so what was his age 22 and you were 14, 14 yeah okay so there is a difference there okay. yeah and then um, uh, I tried desperately when I was in Pakistan. I tried desperately to, um, you know, find support from my f family members, but no one seemed to understand what mm -hmm. I was going through. They just saw me as, uh, as um, a, a wife, uh, a property of this man, and yeah. I had to comply. Whatever, whatever requests were made, I had to give in to them. And none and of your family were there. Your own family. My mother was there. My my aunts were there, but. In Pakistan, um, women are considered as um, 
you know, they just consider well not all, not everyone uh, not, it, in my circumstances I was just see, considered as a, a possession for yeah. this man to enjoy and mm. and ravish you know it was so but I was determined I, I've, from a very young age I've always kind of stood up against um, injustice I knew that it was wow. wrong. I yeah. knew at the age of 14, I knew that it was wrong and I, I had to fight, I had to put up a fight. I couldn't allow uh, someone to strip me of my innocence or strip yeah. me of my rights. And I just, although I had the whole world against me, mm. everyone, the only the only person that was, uh, at, the, at the, that moment, mm. the only thing that I could turn to was a bull in the garden. Really? In terms of sympathising with yeah, you? I just sat, I, just, I mean, you'd probably think it's just shocking, but I saw this bull in the garden mm. and he, the bull was, she was, sorry, she was with her daughter. Yeah. And she was continuously always loving her daughter. And I went up to her and I says, no one seems to listen. I says, no person seems to listen to mm. me. And you understand because you have a child. Yeah. And that's the only thing. I mean, it was it may sound bizarre. Sounds, no, but it sounds like a real. I was cry so desperate. I was point. so desperate. Yeah. I mean, I even attempted suicide. I went on hunger strike. I, I was, I was like, I was a stick insect. I was, I was like six stones. I was five foot six, and I was six stones. I wouldn't eat. I was trying to throw myself into the well. I was just so dead. I didn't want to die, but I just wanted someone to just. It sounds so sad. So yeah. it went. So um, when I then I returned to England after three months, and uh, my my in-laws and my family had a gathering, and they said, "Right, okay." Um, when I arrived here, I was absolutely over the moon because I thought, okay, at mm. least somebody's going to listen. I'm in England. Uh, Did your husband come with you? Yes, he came yeah. with me. My mother came with me, and then they had um, they had a meeting, and the, they decided that that they would pass sentence upon me because of the uh, because of the. Um, what was your crime? The crime that I c committed was that I wasn't a subservient wife. I dishonoured the family, the whole village, the whole of Pakistan knew that. By doing what? By just um, um, refusing, refusing wifely duties. Right. Um, I ran away in Pakistan. You know, I did everything I possibly could to save myself. Um, uh, you just didn't want to be in that marriage. No, I didn't. And, mm. and so when I came back, and then for uh, my brother-in-laws and uh, my family, extended family, decided that I would uh, be sentenced to two years imprisonment in, within the home. So I didn't see daylight for two years. My word. And I mean that. I mean I didn't see daylight. So I, I wasn't even allowed to draw the curtains in the bedroom to peep outside. <laughs> Fourteen and fourteen years old and three months. Mm. Uh, no, and I was ple pleading. My father had no choice but to give in because he had two other daughters. Mm. Um, so I just listened and I thought, you know, what is to become of me? So for two years, like I said, um, I didn't see daylight. And then after two years, I, I, I was because I was sixteen. So it was a full two years. They full carried two years out to the letter. Yeah, and I didn't. I could not even go to see the dentist. So I had a really bad tooth pain, 
and I wasn't allowed to see a dentist so my brother pulled my tooth out because oh. it was so badly infected but I wasn't really because the pain was so excruciating I thought just pull it out whatever you have to do just pull my tooth out mm. um, so um, where were you kept in prison then? it was in the house it was in BD3 the family home was it yeah yes, your it was parents the family home no no it wasn't it was the marital home oh okay those days we're talking about um about 36 years 40 years ago mm. um i mean domestic violence wasn't was unheard of if somebody you know cried domestic violence yeah. it wasn't it wasn't something where you could actually approach the police and say look i've right. been yeah. um so we i had nowhere to go i had nowhere to i, I was there was nowhere i could run to yeah I, also in our community domestic yeah, abuse wasn't really even recognized was it absolutely mm. uh and uh I, I i was just so fearful i was so fearful uh, also because my my family were very religious so they says that if if i if i dared to a challenge then i would be destined to life in hell so i couldn't i couldn't tolerate that so it was a lot pressure. of yeah mm. it was a lot of brainwashing a lot of conditioning and I thought, okay, I'll just give up. I'll just give in. I'll give my sacrifice, my life, in the hope that one day, inshallah, I will be freed through my religion or yeah. through death. Yeah. Um, so that went on until I was 18, and then I had my daughter, my beautiful daughter. And as soon as I held her, I thought well, she was the reason that I, I had to survive. Mm. Age of. Um, um, 21 I, st I started suffering from uh, OCD mm -hmm. um, as a result of the trauma yeah so I was cleaning my house top to bottom everything I had to wash everything scrub everything and um, you know I wouldn't even allow anyone to come to the house because mm. I thought they were dirty mm. I thought that uh, they were unclean so I was so I was so paranoid and then um, it was affecting my daughter um, and, and I, I went to see the doctor and when I went to see the doctor they referred me to a counsellor when I uh, went to see a counsellor then I was referred to a psychologist right, right. a fantastic psychologist she was a Muslim she's a Muslim psychologist mm. Razia and uh, she started to unravel uh, she says okay let's go back to what you can remember so I went back to when I was five I told her about the um, forced the the marriage. Then when I was six, I discovered that I was abused. I was sexually abused, um, and it was it was a when I was learning when I went to see um, when I was learning the Quran, I was abused. Uh, so so many things like I mean through this uh, treatment, I had three years intense treatment, and I think that was the best thing that I could have happened it to really me. It really helped. It really helped. I just let everything out. I was you know I was kind of protecting myself and I couldn't cope with the abuse and everything else and then because of Razia I started to take responsibility for my own destiny for yeah. my own I started to help free myself got a bit of control back yeah because I was a prisoner in my own mind as well yeah and at the age of 27 I returned to education Okay. I did my GCSEs because I was um, forced out of education at the age of 13. Yeah. So I went to a Muslim girls' school because I wasn't allowed to go anywhere else. Okay. That was the only place I could go. It was a private school. And I and was... How, how did you get the permission, if I can use that word, to attend education again? Well, um, it um, because it was a Muslim girls' school. Yeah. 
uh, and they had my ex-husband had gone he, he he visited the school and he made sure that it was completely segregated okay. and there was no uh, access to men whatsoever uh, and then I went there uh, and within one year mashallah I did my GCSEs uh, it was very. I was. I was. It was a complete shock to myself as well because yeah. I wasn't. I didn't think I was capable. I, for years and years, I was told that I was stupid. I was thick. Mm. I was incapable, and I realized my potential. Mm. Uh, and that's when I actually found out about Islam. When I went to Muslim girls' school, mm. because up to up until then, I was I was practicing culture. Yes. Yeah. And I saw w wonderful women. Uh, uh, the headmistress was a, a lady, you know, they were all women and they had degrees and I was thinking, gosh, how how have you managed to get yeah. a degree? How did you do this? You know, I was just so in awe of them. I was just following them everywhere, the teachers and I was, uh, but um, mashallah, that's when I started to gain confidence. I did an aromatherapy course and uh, those days no one even heard of. Yeah. I was very much into natural therapies yeah. and healing. Uh, and I did my aromatherapy course, uh, a two-year diploma, uh, and I started to grow as a person. So to fast forward, um, uh, my my daughter was uh, blossoming. Um, she was she was she did her A levels. Mm. She wanted to go into dentistry. Mm. She uh, she got a place in dentistry, and I, and I could see that. You know, she's she was gonna go soon. She was going to leave, and I thought I couldn't, I couldn't um, uh, um, spend another day at the house that I hated. So when I spoke, I sat my daughter down, and I said, "Look, I said I've, I've I feel as though I've done my duty. You know, I've made sure that you had was ready to go. Yeah, so. I said I've you've I've made sure that you have you've had a great life. You've had a good upbringing." Um, you know, you've done everything that I would have dreamt, would have loved to have done. Mm. And I says, I need your permission to leave. Yeah. And you know, she held me and she says, Mom, you go. And I just packed my bags. It was uh, it was morning. It was about Fajr time. I just packed all my bags and I just left and went to my parents' home. Uh, and my parents were yeah. My parents. I was I was 36 years old. After 24 years of being in this oppressive yeah. uh, uh, marriage. Um, and um, I went to my parents' home. My mum was think. My mum thought, oh, I just came for a couple of days. And I said, look, mum, I said, I've come now. I've come. I'm not going back. I don't know where else to go because mm. I don't. I don't know. How, I, I haven't. I didn't. Um, I wasn't even given the permission to step into Centenary Square. The, the whole in the all of my life. So in you, you couldn't even get into town. Yeah. No, I was. I'm from living in this city. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so I said to my mum, I said, look, I need uh, some sanctuary, I need to go, I can't, I don't know how to survive on my own, you have to give me a roof over my head. My mum started crying and then, you know, she was really upset because my back, I mean, I had a nice house, I had cars, I had everything, uh, not that I could drive, but... <laughs> but um, That's next on the list, yeah, is it? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, so um, I left, uh, I stayed at my parents' home, my mother couldn't, she was very upset, she was very depressed. Uh, my brothers, um, um, I, they weren't able to support me. Uh, I took, I had, I went for a non-contestant divorce. I got my divorce, um, and that's when um, it kind of became a bit um, complicated. Um, In where, what way? Well, um, my f 
my family weren't very supportive in what I was doing. Of the, the divorce. The divorce. Yeah. Um, they, they just kept on asking me, look, you're 36 years old, why would an old woman like you want I've to have a divorce? I've so many times. What are I, you going to do yeah. with your life? You, you've had your children, yeah. you've had your own, why do you need a divorce? Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was thinking, my God, there's so much living to do. What yeah. the I don't want yeah. to be like you, don't you understand? I don't want to <laughs> rot in, you know, within the home. Uh, I, I want to do things, I want to explore. I, I, I was adventurous. Uh, so what I decided to do, I said, right, okay, I'm going to get out of here. Whilst I was living at my dad's house, I went on, um, I went to Cyprus, I booked a ticket, I went on a retreat, um, and then I went, um, it was within a Muslim environment, it was, it's fantastic because that's when it, that's when I actually, um, again, realised my potential. Yeah. Um, and um, I, uh, so the, uh, I came back, I came back to my parents' home, and um, although I escaped for for a few weeks, mm. I still came back to my parents' home. and It came to a point where yeah. it became so difficult where um, my family were just suffocating me. I just felt, it was just so painful that I decided I didn't want to live anymore. Um, because nobody, of that intense pressure. Yeah, yeah because I, there was no escape. I was just continuously mm. bombarded with um, accusations, labelling, you know, and so what I decided to do was, um, I decided to leave my parents home and I phoned my sister and I said to her, look, mum and dad don't want me here, I can, yeah. so could I just spend a night in your house, can I come, come for a few days? She says, yeah, that's fine, mm. come. Then I was, as I was packing my bags, a text arrived and I could see it was from my sister and I thought, oh gosh, mm. you know, why is she texting me? When I looked at the text, it read, oh, I'm so sorry, um, but I've just realised I don't have no space. So I texted her back and I says, oh, it's okay, don't worry, I'll sleep on the floor. She goes, oh, no, no, I don't even have space on the floor. Oh, that's, had got to that's, when, that's when I just, just sat, uh, broke, I just yeah. collapsed into my bed and I thought, um, you know, what are they, where do I go from here? So I, d I decided that what I would do is I would, um, and this is a catalogue of um, terrific kind of pressure and yeah. incidents that had happened. What I decided to do was that I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll take my father's blood pressure tablets and I'll die. Oh. And my parents would find me and they would suffer. They would suffer from for, for the, for the um, distress they had caused me. So I, I took my phone out and I thought, wait, I need to send them. I need to write a message for my daughter. I wrote a message saying to that, look, don't. I'm so sorry. This is not your fault. Um, this is, has nothing to do with you. The only regret I have is that I never got to see my unborn granddaughter, my unborn grandchild. My my daughter was got she married. married? Okay. Yeah, my daughter got right. married then. And she was inspecting and mm. expecting. So when I started to read again that my daughter was pregnant. I thought to myself, the only person that was going to suffer, who would suffer, would would be my daughter, yeah, daughter, yeah. and my ch grandchild. There and then, I decided that I couldn't kill myself, and I just got up and I, I walked walked out of my parents' home. I walked out and I phoned um, a friend, a good friend of mine called Chris. He's a Christian priest. Mm. I phoned him and I said to him that I was crying, you know, through. A million tears I, I, uh, I spoke with him and I said to him look please help me 
uh, although I, I says I need some I need somewhere to go and I, I need a place and I says that if you don't help me I'm just gonna walk in front of mm. that bus and I'm just gonna mm. end my life I, I'm just so desperate and I'm so de de depressed yeah. he said to me come come down immediately um, in my heart I was thinking what shall I do to make my family suffer what can I do to stop this uh, how you felt. Yeah. yeah, so I, I thought to myself, I'd, well, I can't. I don't want to die. The only alternative is for me to leave Islam. Oh, okay. That and was I, even a consideration yeah, in your mind. I, I, I thought to myself, I need to do something to make my family realise. Maximum impact. Yeah. yeah. So I went and I went to Chris and I said to him that, look, I said we sat down and he says, what do you want to do? I says, I want to, I want you to help me convert to Christianity. I says, mm. what do I need to do? Bring me your cross. What shall I do? Mm. I'd do it right now because I, I, I want to convert. And he just held me and he says, look, Inaya, he says that it's not your religion that's let you down. It's your community, it's your people, your family. Yeah. It's your people, your community has let you down. And he says that he, he contacted a lady called Wahida Shafi and she came like within hours and she gave me the biggest hug that I desperately needed. Mm. And she said to me that today your family will become strangers and strangers will become your family and that's exactly what happened yeah mashallah i was given overnight i was i found a flat and um um the landlord came and he says to me that look you stay here for three months rent free oh, wow. i didn't have anything i didn't even have a cup within 24 hours wahid had arranged for me to have everything right down to the toilet brush <laughs> You know, people were ringing she's me. She's amazing. I know what he does. Yeah, mashallah. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. She is. She, I owe my life to her. She's just. Oh, wow. She's an angel. So everything, you know, I couldn't believe the amount of people were ringing me. Are you in here? Are you in here? Can, can I get, bring you some cereal? Can I bring you some toaster? <laughs> I was thinking, gosh, where did so you were? saw humanity and strength? Yeah, mashallah, yeah. I did. Then for the next three years. What I did was I took gradual steps. Every day I made a difference in my life. I, I learned how to uh, look after myself. I learned how to drive. I I was so lacking confidence in speaking with men, you know, for 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 for, the, for, for business purposes. Mm. Uh, I didn't even have the confidence. I'm gonna forget men. I didn't even have the confidence to speak to women. Okay. I started to um, I started to, you know, mashallah. I didn't want to hold my hand out to anyone. I never went on benefits. I, I said, um, I promised, I made a promise to myself that I would, I would work. I would pay for my own keep. Right. So I, I worked four hours uh, a week, mm. but I was teaching, so I was earning enough money. Uh, well, not because I didn't have to pay rent for three months, but I, I didn't want that to linger. And within the next month, I started. I stood up on my own feet. Mashallah, within, th uh, within. A short space of time, I learned how to drive. Uh, my hours increased, my teaching hours, and um, I was meeting the most wonderful people. I spent three years um, without my family. I mean, it was difficult, especially during Ramadan, mm. because when you're sat alone, yeah. you're opening iftari, of course, of course. it can be really, that's when you want family. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I had friends who would invite me, but then I thought I'm just in kind of imposing on them. Yeah. So I That's thought, yeah. And then Eid day was the the worst. 
um, and but mashallah, um, Shahina, so many wonderful women always sent me an invite. This is look, you're gonna come to our house. You eat. She, not only the eat day, they used to invite me for the eat evening. Mm. This is oh, come over. We've got so many things to prepare. We've got so many things to plan. You, you're gonna be part of it. If it weren't for these people, yeah, I wouldn't have survived. What I, you know, what I, I the whole community came yeah. together to help. So that, um, mashallah, that's how you know that's. That's, that's my story that's and, your, and it's a, quite a, a challenging and harrowing and at times very very sad story yeah. but here you are today and you've come out you know stronger I mean one of the questions I, 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 I think comes to me is how how knowing what you do now and, and the help you have received now what what would you have wanted early on right at the beginning when you knew things weren't going yeah. right what could have somebody have done to help it's just that one person you only need that one person to listen to your pleas yeah. um, you know just to give you that support unfortunately no matter where I no matter who I turned to no one was willing because they were so there was they, they were so worried about um, um, you know, c creating uh, problems for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get and involved. Absolutely, and um, it's easy, you know, especially those days. I mean, they just kept on saying that do sabr, do sabr, be patient. Allah is Allah will make it easier for mm. you. But there's only so much patience you can. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, you have You're a human, aren't you? Uh, and if just one person would just listen to me and say to me like, look. Um, look I can help you um, I'm here for you um, that might that I, I probably wouldn't have sacrificed my life to this person that wasn't deserving yeah. I just feel so regretful that you know so I think to myself sometimes I say well, you know why didn't okay I, I did challenge so many people but why didn't I walk out the door was there in front of me mm. why didn't I just walk out and report them to the police uh, just run into the street and scream because yeah. I could have done um, I could have uh, done so much with my life you know I'm I go with my I run with my grandchildren <laughs> and I leave them be you know like it says oh come on yeah. and this is oh Nana you're too fat you and the reason why I share my story is because I don't want anyone else to suffer yeah or to sacrifice their um, you know their their youth their if somebody is in a similar position yes. or looking like they may end up in a similar position what can you advise them what 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 words do you have yeah to try and you know help them if they are feeling incredibly alone like you were yeah well um i would say to them that just you know, don't feel, don't give in to those people that are causing um, mental abuse, physical abuse to you. Because it's there's so much help out there right yeah. now. There's so much help available out there uh, to remain active. You know, to remain, um, to remain alert. an extremely difficult yeah. time and I, I mean I don't know how 
I mean, people say that, you know, to me, you're a strong woman, you help so many other people, you, you try and assist them with legal options and yeah. other options, like you mentioned, like counselling, you know, yeah. we'll signpost people. But I can't imagine being in a room for two years and you know being trapped there I don't yeah. I don't know how I would cope you know well, it wasn't a room it was a house it was a small house it okay. was a back-to-back house there was two bedrooms there was a kitchen and there was a uh, a living room but looking back and I, I know I could have done a lot more and that's like I said that's the reason why I'm here I just don't want anyone else to lose something so mm. valuable their freedom I don't want them to there's there's so many wonderful women out there who are pressurized who are forced into a situation such as marriage and they have the potential to do so much with their life but they're they're just um, held back like yes this. They, they are they're held back and what I want to say to them that don't you know don't, don't surrender your rights to someone that's uh, controlling you because yeah. someone who continuously tells you that you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that they're just insecure yeah. they're insecure about their own infer- inferi- inferiority yeah and um if someone is within if someone is uh, in a similar situation today just you know mashallah we've got social media yeah. reach out you please don't sacrifice you know yourself yeah. to people that are not that are not deserving um it will be difficult don't expect that it's going to be easy uh it's going to be very very difficult but that's part of life yeah you know we are as muslims we are told that yeah life is a test but you don't have to suffer the insufferable yeah. um that's the point isn't yeah. it because we, we spoke earlier about you know, around 40 years ago, when you when you yeah. said the story started, that abuse wasn't really recognised, and you know, particularly, you know, with our within our community, I think they thought that it was the right, you know, of a husband to, you know, exert some force, or whether it's physical, sexual, you know, even emotional yeah. pressure upon his wife, that it was his God-given right. And yeah. and and I, when I first started practicing. A lot of women would come to me and and I'd say, well, did you tell anybody in your family that this is what you're going through? And, and they'd say, yes, we did. But we were told, and the word I think in Punjabi is sehle, meaning just put up with it. Yeah. It's what we have to do. We have to put up with it. Yeah. It wasn't seen as abuse, which is a thing that you shouldn't have to suffer. It was seen as part and parcel of being yeah. a wife and a mother and, yeah. a, and a daughter and a sister. Um, have you seen that change over the time? Have you seen that are women getting more aware that you know this behaviour can't be tolerated and it's actually illegal? Yes, I I am seeing from the you know the new generation they're standing up to forced marriages. I um, Masha, I don't think I've come across anything recently, but I know that there's so many women out there who are still trapped within a forced marriage which took place Pretty many, many years ago. Because yeah. um, I, I work with many women when I'm teaching, women will come up to me. When I left, I mean, I just went, when I left, I wasn't shy about what I'd done. I, and I, um, I went on a TV, I went on radio programs. Oh, I've, yeah, I, I've spoke about uh, forced marriages and so many, both men and women, 
came up to me, phoned me, texted me, messaged me, said to me that thank you, Inaya, yeah. because you've given us the confidence to walk out of a, a trapped marriage. Yeah. It was it's an unhappy, miserable marriage. So um, my message is to, to women out there: if you are in a similar situation as, as to myself, as I, you know, when I was once was, yeah. that look, there is there is light under the tunnel. There, yeah. is, there is a future for you. You just need to find it. You just have to be brave. Have the courage to do You have to have the courage, and yeah. there's, there's there's a there's a fantastic world out there. Yeah. World of opportunities. You just have to grab it whilst it's available, and just don't. And, that, and that's the point I want to seize on, Inaya, from from what you've said, because I get a lot of women that come to see me, and they're older women. Yeah. And they've just you know they they've come because there's some legal issue now yeah. involving the husband or the partner that they need advice on but it's clear from what they're saying to me that they are just tolerating the situation i.e their marriage that they're in they're not enjoying it yeah. they're not treated well but you know i don't you know i don't lay out to them all oh, of course you can escape it you know it's got to be their decision absolutely but but what i find is that like you're saying they don't feel that it's worth it anymore. Yeah. You know, what you said earlier was that um, you were told, why do you want to bother at 36? I mean, these are women that are like 40s and 50s, even 60s. Yeah. So they're being told the same. Oh, you're too old. Why do you want to divorce? Why do you want to separate? You're past it. You've had your children. Yeah. Why do you now want to separate? Yeah. What would be your message to those women who are just passing time in that marriage? Well, if... They'll have regrets. Uh, later on, they'll have serious regrets. And if they don't do it now, they'll end up living with people they absolutely detest. Yeah. And is that is it worth it? Um, I'm still, I mean, I'm still enjoy, I'm doing things that I've always wanted to do. Mm. Uh, and it's just you know take the plunge you've got to people women have to stop making excuses and saying that or oh, I have to put up with it yeah because putting up with it is far worse than you know having yeah. liberating yourself once you've liberated yourself that's when your life starts to that's when life begins begins yeah and you made a very interesting point as well when you said that I realized I was living culturally yeah. rather than religiously and yeah. this is a always a bone of contention with me in that you know Islam is is contorted to yeah. fit in with culture and used as a, a tool to demonize yeah. you know, members of the community with if you don't do this you'll go to hell if you don't do this God won't be pleased with yeah. you so when was that you know what would you, what would be your message to women who might say well is islamically it's wrong yeah. you know we shouldn't divorce islamically we have to stand by our husbands and tolerate them yeah what would you say about well, that? islamically it's completely incorrect wrong because um i mean if you look at some of the women uh, it's divorce is allowed in islam uh, living an oppressive and uh, depressing marriage that is, that's what's wrong mm. there's where is the honor in living in a depressive marriage where people the whole family are taking control of you those that say to you that just stay within that marriage it's it's of benefit to them yes it's Good not point. of any benefit yeah. to the woman 
I just now realize that whoever says to me now, whether it's my brother or whether it's my sister or, you know, my parents have passed away. But I realize if it's of, of, of some sort of advantage to them, they will completely convince you to live this mm, life understand. just yeah. for the sake of yeah. a community. Where is this community? When I was dying, right? Yeah. When I was absolutely dying of... Uh, of misery no one came to my rescue yeah, yeah. so why should I give my life for the sake of this community yeah. what have they done for me 100%. it was strangers that came to help to rescue yeah, me yeah. so ladies if you are listening to this conversation look if you need to get out of a marriage which is which is not right for you don't waste another second mm. don't waste another minute because as soon as you sign that document that's when you will see miracles yeah and it, it, i've seen miracles since i've left you know i, I thought i couldn't drive I've, yeah. i'm driving You've learned to drive now, I've, so. I've been everywhere like i've driven to birmingham i've driven to halfway to london Fantastic. and i couldn't do that because of i couldn't do anything mm. before because i was continuously um you know i was i was just so con controlled mm. and so uh, conditioned into being this yeah. subservient wife, sister, mother, yeah. daughter, and uh, I'm still a mother and sister and daughter. But yeah. I, I am, I, I am a my own. I am, you know. You're your own person. So yes, you're absolutely. Your own right, you know, yes. with your own ambitions and wishes, and you're realizing those ambitions and wishes, and, yeah. and thriving. And you know, this is what life is about, isn't it? I You know, from what you're telling me, you're going on to help other people. Absolutely. And you could never have done that. Yeah, I've, that I've done so much. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing anything, you know, people will say that, oh, if you get divorced, you're going to do something on his on Islamic. Yeah. My, I've, uh, I've done more since my divorce, more Islamic, you know, more yeah. um, good work than I did when I was with my ex-husband. I set up a group called Bradford for Better. Uh, oh, fantastic! Tell us about that. Uh, that that was about a couple of years ago. I mean, mm. uh, I've always I've always tried to we've done well before that. I was always I've always had this passion to nurture other women, to help other women, um, to you know to regain their confidence through looking after themselves, like you know using the right products, yeah. eating the right foods, yeah. being active, and not becoming a couch potato and getting fat <laughs> and eat. Yeah. So I've always tell, told them that look. If you want to look, if you want to do something great in life, then take responsibility, eat the right foods, go for, go to the gym, go for a jog. Mm. Um, you, know, you can prolong your life. And has that worked, that message? Have you managed to get well, women out? And I do. I mean, I have so many followers. I have so many women asking me, oh, what do you use on your face? What do you, how do you manage to look so young? And it's because I love myself. I yeah. see my my body as a gift from God, yeah. and I don't want to pollute it with uh, inorganic food or refined food or processed foods. I love Such my I love my body, yeah. and I want it to last because I've lost so much from from. Yeah. I, I want it. I want to now um, prolong my life as prolong prolong yeah. my life, so I can do all the things that I couldn't do when I was younger. Yes, so um, yeah, so I did. I started this group called Breath of a Better. My mm. my father passed away, and uh, my, my my mother's passed away. And I've the best thing that I I've done in life is to forgive my parents. Mm. 
I forgave both of them and I wanted to do something in their memory okay. and so what I did decided I thought I just saw, um, organized a street clean um, and uh, that from that street clean uh, it ended up being uh, the whole Bradford joined in Wow, yeah, really? so I mean, just of course, so, yeah, citywide. Um, uh, I'm married now, so I'm. Uh, Are you yes, I'm married now. So my my hu- forgot I forgot to mention. So I said my husband and I used to go for walks, and we used to get really upset about what was happening. Yeah. So I said to my husband, "Why is anyone doing anything? Where the, where are the councillors?" Mm-hmm. And he says, "Oh look, why don't you do something?" And I says, "Well, I don't think I'm capable." And he goes, "No, you go do it. If anyone can do it, you do it." <sighs> so I started it, and um, uh, we had seventeen people on on WhatsApp group. That seventeen people, we it, um. It resulted in have I ended up having twenty two hundred. We had a full the WhatsApp group really? became full within a week. So great to see so many people joining. Um, we've we, we the the project just grew grew grew. We started campaigning uh, um, against like I says late night fireworks. We yeah. did citywide cleanups. We were on the streets every day knocking on people's doors, p- inviting them to help us yeah. pick up litter. Um, educating them, creating that awareness, help, trying to bring that love within them for Bradford. We said mm. to them that, look, this is our home. This is Bradford. This is Bradford is beautiful. Yeah. Please fall so in love with it, like the city. Yeah, like <laughs> we have. Clean it up. It's your home for life. It's your ho- it's your home. For, mm. It's going to be a home for your children, yeah. for your grandchildren. Fall in love with it. Just pick up. Even if you don't want to pick up, don't want to clean the whole street. Just pick up one litter a day. Yeah. Um, during the COVID, we went out and we tried. We raised uh, uh, about probably about um, nearly a hundred thousand pound worth of food for the NH- for BRI. We had restaurants donating. We had cafes donating. There was a plea made um, by one of the uh, staff members uh, to P for B for water. Mm. When I put it on Facebook, Bradford went potty. (laughs) They were bringing food, they were bringing water, there were trucks of water. So good to Trucks of uh, of, um, uh, drinks, supplies, peanut, oh there was so much we couldn't... so you have gone from yeah. what what you have where you have been, and I can just imagine you with your dad's tablets rethinking your life. Yeah. To now suddenly changing so many people's lives in this city. Yeah. I mean that's that is an incredible story, Inaya. And you know I just you know I wish you even more luck for the future, yeah. and I'm sure we will hear about Inaya yeah. again. Um, Definitely. Thank you for everything you're doing for this city. Thank you for your wise words of advice to our listeners. Um, And well done. You know, I. It made me incredibly sad to hear what you had to go through, particularly as a young child as well, and and the loneliness you felt. And you know, I can still picture you speaking to that bull. You know, out in the backyard, as you said. And I can feel how low you must have been to. To have to confide and have a conversation with a, an animal because no human would listen to you. Yeah. Um, so you know you're a true true testament to oh, you, you know humanity and, and what can be achieved. And you still have the big heart to forgive those that you know were responsible for for making you feel the way you were. Um, so well done. Oh, I wish you the best of everything. Thank you so and much. Thank you for sharing your yeah. story with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Family Matters by SKB Law. If you're enjoying the show, why not listen to our other episodes and let your friends know. We'll be back next time with more real talk about divorce, separation and everything that goes along with it.